This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode, Rocking Your Chakras with Brett Larkin. I'm so excited for this episode. And you've got some pretty juicy, magical stuff in store. Um, Before we get into introducing our special guest, how are you, Jenna? I forgot to ask. I'm doing pretty good today. Yeah, some some unexpected events this week for me, but still just trying to rise above all that. Unexpected death in the family. Oh, Oh, actually, it was expected. Yeah, that's hard. But it's I in our chat you were saying that it wasn't so hard because you understand that it's part of the birth and death cycle and that death isn't the end of it. Well, I talk to dead people, so it's not the end of it for me. I refuse to say goodbye. I was like, this is not goodbye. I will be talking to you next week from the other side. (laughs) Okay, well, um, great. So I just want to get into some MLF news quickly. I'm really excited to announce that we have a new team member on MLF. Her name is Marissa Cohen. She is the Director of Outreach and Partnerships, and we are obsessed with her. Hi, Marissa. Hey, Marissa, if you're listening. Yeah, she is an absolute legend. So that's really exciting. MLF is steadily growing and tightening our systems and onward and upward from here. Another little piece of news is we are now doing Facebook and Insta Live every Friday, uh, from round about, so far it's been set at 1.30 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. So we are inviting all of our guests and listeners and everyone who's in on the MLF mission to join us on Friday for this Insta Live with questions and stories and just come in and join our community. We want to get to know you and meet you and this is such a great way to do that. So Yeah, that's about it on my news front. Do you want to get into introducing our incredible guest today? Yeah, so today we have an incredible guest, Brett Larkin. Hi, Brett. Uh, Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Brett (laughs) is the founder of Uplifted Yoga, an online yoga and meditation community empowering students to personalize their practice and ignite their best life on and off the mat. She's instructed at top studios, companies like Google and Pinterest, and leads the world's most interactive online yoga teacher training program that there is. She teaches to a social media following of over 300,000 people, and her content on YouTube is streamed for more than 3 million minutes each month. Learn more about her and all of her amazing happenings at her website, brettlarkin.com. Brett, we are so thrilled to have you talking about something which we heard you talk about on your podcast and we were very, we were blown away. And so that's why we invited you on today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Yay. This is such a juicy topic. I love it. I've always wanted to know more about the chakras. It's a little bit of an ambiguous topic, but the way you explained it, Brett, on your podcast was so grounding and um, relatable that I, I, I just knew we had to share this with our listeners. So thank you. Yay. Amazing. Well, let's get into some of that juiciness here and now. Yay. Okay. Well, before we do, I just want to um, offer our listeners a review. Uh, we love when people leave reviews on our website and we love to give that person a shout out by reading the review on in the beginning of each episode. So today's review is titled Enlightened Parenthood. That's very sweet. I've listened to every podcast episode and your beautiful voices and souls have actualized my vision of the mother-loving future. Yes, girl. I am starting with episode one and going deep with each challenge and invitation. Yes. Thank you for your work and wisdom. You are spreading that blessed light. Oh, Mom's awake. We love you. Thank you, Mom's awake. We love you. So incredible. Thank you, Mom's awake. Okay, Jenna, do you want to give us a definition yes. before we get into the questions? Yes. So um, today's episode is called Rocking Your Chakras. So I'm going to give you a definition of rocking your chakras. So rocking your chakras, when you finally understand that the seven energy portals in your body are of utmost importance in achieving balanced and lasting health, and you also understand that these physical energy epicenters can become blocked by repressed emotions or by spiritual blockages, so you are finally able to create habits which free up your circuitry to find the healing and radiant health that you have always been seeking. And... 
Brett has something to say about this. So let's get right into the questions with Brett. Um, Brett, can you tell us what are the chakras first and foremost? Yes. So the word um, chakra or chakra is transliterated and talked about both ways. It literally just means wheel, disc, or vortex if you translate it. But my favorite word is actually to talk about the chakras as a portal because really they're a portal through all the different layers of our being. That means they're uh, a layer through the physical. So each chakra corresponds to a physical point on the body, and they run in a line, one on top of the other, from the very uh, base of the spine to the top of the head, past the top of the head. Um, and they're a portal through the subtle body and the causal body and the karmic body, right? It goes, it, it, it encompasses everything, right? All so the spiritual well as, layers, all the layers of our body, energetic layers that we can't necessarily see with our eyes. Yeah. So like physical, emotional, energetic. So yeah, I think of them as like this vortex or portal, which is really cool because sometimes you don't know that you might have an emotional issue, but you know you have stomach pain or digestive issues, right? And so that can give you a clue to maybe what some deeper emotional work that you need to do. So we can talk more about that later, but uh, they start at the base of the spine, as I said, and there are seven, um, and they go right up the body, and we can go over that if you guys want. Uh What do you think? Well, I want to know, are there different colors to chakras? Well, a color is associated with each chakra. But are they literally a different color? Like if if you were to look at them through energetic kind of goggles, would you see that they're vibrating at different frequencies and colors? My guess is yes. yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Mm -hmm. So, and not only colors, um, it's cool that you bring that up, but they each have their own sound frequency as well. So they each have a bija mantra, it's called, that's associated with each chakra. So for example, if we want to talk about the first chakra, muladhara, it's red, right? So it's vibrating this red color, red frequency. It has its own yantra as well. Um, You know, yantra is like a visual symbol. Um, It's an upside down triangle, which is really cool. So if you ever want to feel more grounding or grounded in your practice or meditation practice, you can visualize an upside down red triangle that will help bring up... uh, the, the sort of energetics of, of this energy center. And then the Bija mantra for the root chakra is LAM, L-A-M, LAM. Mm. So what's really cool about these, these energy centers is that you can connect with them in so many different ways. That's why I love them and I find them so transformative for students because some students might connect on the energetic level or uh, you know, be interested in the colors, like they're really good at visualization. So maybe they're even interested in the yantras. Someone else might like not really be able to connect with them that way, uh, but might be really into the idea of chanting, right? Like the sound. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. I guess the first step is knowing, like getting as much information as possible on the different types of chakras and where they sit in your body and what they're connected to. So you can then start navigating them as you wish, right? Yeah, and we can go over them quickly if you think that, that would be useful for yeah. your guys' listeners. Yeah, let's okay, go all of them. All right, so, and I mean, it can get really nuanced, so I'll just try to do an, an overview so that then we, <laughs> yeah, cliff notes, and then we can go into like juicy details about what's most interesting. So the first chakra is Muladhara, and as I mentioned, the color is red, and the element associated, because there's also... Um, like a element outside, like earth is the element of the, is of the first chakra. And those of you who know the Ayurvedic system, it's associated with the Kapha dosha. So the Bija mantra I mentioned is Lam. With this one, you really want to just think about uh, like your own well-being and sense of personal security. So the a, a nice way to think of we move up the chakra system, it's sort of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So if you don't have food, if you don't have water, if you don't have shelter, right? Like you're not going to be able to move up the chakras towards like the third eye and Sahasrara, the seventh, which is more about like connecting with universal intelligence and enlightenment, right? Like you need to take care of yourself first. So I also think of like the airline, put your mask before you put it on mm-hmm. someone else's right totally. like with with this one so it's a lot about self-care and making sure all your basic needs are met and that includes you know making sure you can take care of yourself uh financially so also money matters and uh, family issues I, I put in here as well and then the next so one j- and- just a question on that Brett so if someone was struggling with money or family issues or those really rooted grounded basic human basic survival like, survival needs. stuff do you think that means that physically things would manifest in that base chakra? 
It definitely could. Yes. And it would mean that they're first chakra is what we call deficient. So when you think about the chakras, you think of each chakra is either in balance, in a um, balanced state. It is either rajastic, meaning it's overly uh, too much energy, energy. right? Or it's tamastic, meaning it's deficient. So if someone was having the issues you described, they'd probably have a deficient root chakra. So uh, it can be out of balance in either direction, which I think is something that people often don't quite understand. They just think it's like imbalance or out of balance, but you actually have to be very clear. Is is it in excess or is it in deficiency? So, So what physical parts of your body are connected to that root chakra? Oh yeah. Great question. So it's the, the seat of the root chakra and exactly where it resides will change depending what scholars and texts you look at, but basically it's at the very, very base of your body or the perineum is the Mm -hmm. exact location. But some texts say that it actually extends below our body into the earth beneath us. Mm -hmm. So think of it as the very, very you know, bottom piece of you, basically the bottom of the pelvic floor, perineum, so and genitals, really. And legs and feet could also be affected by this chakra, wouldn't you say? And legs and feet, but not um, genitals so much. That's, yeah, that's second coming into the second chakra. Yeah. So let's go there now. So the second chakra is Svadhisthana. Uh, the color is yellow and oh, sorry, orange. orange. Sorry, orange. I'm getting ahead of myself. The doshic connection would be like Kapha and Pitta. And this energy center is just slightly higher. So yeah, we're talking now uh, genitals and the area. And I've seen genitals actually go in first and second, like depending which text you're looking at. So you weren't like totally off the mark there. But when I think of Svadhisthana, I really think of it as the pelvic bowl and, um, the, just the area of the pelvis, right? Mm-hmm. So the pelvic bowl, literally, and I think of the pelvic bowl being filled with water and that's how I visualize Svadhisthana. Mm-hmm. Um, So this area, again, is all about your sensuality, obviously, uh, but also your creativity. I think, you know, sometimes it just gets associated with sexuality. And no, it's really about your creativities, your desires. Like when you think about where you get a really like great idea, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. I should do that. I should start a podcast or whatever it is. That's like that, that sort of sensualness of like, having that creative spark or like Mm, the desire, the birth of an idea. Yeah. That's very much associated. Or I think of Svadhisthana, that second chakra. So, so for example, sorry. Um, so for example, if I was, if I felt creatively stagnant and I was sitting on all of these great ideas, but not getting them to action and feeling frustrated creatively, could I then be manifesting physical issues in my whole pelvic region? Yeah. Well, I want to break down what you said a little bit, because I feel like if you feel creatively stuck, that's one thing. And that would definitely be an issue of the, uh, Svadhisthana, this water chakra that we're talking about. But if you feel like you can't get into action, well, that's actually third chakra, right? So that's almost like two different issues. Mm -hmm. So as an example, you know, if you feel like you don't have any great ideas or you're feeling creatively stagnant, just to put this into like practical uh, terms for people. Um, you know, I think doing a lot of movement in your, in your yoga practice is really beneficial because, you know, water is all about movement. So instead of just, you know, doing a low lunge, maybe you do a low lunge and then you bow forward into Ardhahamanasana, you know, with the legs straight in front of you. And then you sink back into the lunge and maybe you do some hip circles. Hip circles are a little more associated with first chakra, but I think it's also second as well. Cause it's kind of like stirring the pelvic bowl a little totally. bit. Maybe you do Sufi grind. If you know that one, like mm. cross-legged and, you know, so, so those would be sort of physical things you'd do, I think, um, for, for the second chakra. And then what you talked about, like not getting into action, like that. Now we're getting into Manipura, which is a solar plexus chakra, which is now slightly above. Now, a lot of people just talk about it being at your belly button, but the refined location of it is actually two fingers distance. So if you take two fingers uh, below your belly button, two fingers distance below your belly button is actually where Manipura, that solar plexus chakra lives. So that's the one that's yellow. The element is fire. um, And it's Oh my gosh, I love this one. And and I have excess. <laughs> I have it in excess. So I always need to be like backing off and balancing. But it's basically, you know, ambition, drive, uh, you know, think of like a CEO, right? Or um, a lawyer or even a doctor, right? Someone who's like super focused. The Dasha, Dasha correspondence would be Pitta. Um, 
So, so why is it bad if you have too too much of an activation in one specific chakra? Does that put the other ones off kilter? Oh, well, great question. So someone who has an excess of Manipura, like they have too much fire literally in the belly or their their um, solar plexus chakra is in excess, they are going to be a workaholic, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be stressed out sense. all the time, right? Because they're just go, 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 go. So that energy needs to be, it needs to be balanced, right? Like we want to get things done each day, but someone with an excess of fire or money pura in excess is going to be a stress case. They're not going to be able to relax or know how to slow down. Mm-hmm. So, so they'll automatically sense? be depleted in the chakra that supports more kind of r- relaxation and taking things more chill, groundedness? Like, yeah, we don't know for sure, but likely they might have a deficient root chakra. I mean, I know for myself, I get go, 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 and I'm like at my computer and I'm like doing video editing and emails and then I'm like, whoa, I haven't eaten for four hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like my basic human need of like feeding myself mm-hmm. has completely out the gone window. out the window. So I think, you know, this is sort of a weird thing to say, but I feel like one of the things that's so empowering about this knowledge is it sort of helps you get to know yourself in the sense of like, where am I naturally like sort of strong? Like for, for me, for example, Manipura is crazy strong. (laughs) So I don't need to really work on pushing myself more at work, for Mm -hmm. example, right? Like that's already going great. If anything, I need to back off. I constantly want to do also abdominal work. So funny, right before we got on this podcast, I did this awesome some Kriya with tons of abdominal work. And, you know, I'm so drawn to that because it's like, yeah, I love this That's energy center. Thrive off. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to thrive. But you know, what someone like me really needs to do is like yin yoga, right. And lots of forward folds and introspection because I need to get more in touch with Muladhara, my root. Mm-hmm. So I remember to feed myself. So I remember to take breaks, right. So I remember to take a walk and uh, like literally nourish my body because I get so caught up in, in what I'm doing, for example. So I'm just giving some personal examples and I'm happy to share more of from, from me or either like students I know and have worked with, but just to try to put this in a practical context, because really this is only interesting and amazing when we make it practical. Mm, I totally agree. And you're totally making it practical. This is great. Okay, good. I'm like, police me if I'm not. No, All that's right. good. So let's move up. So then the next one is Anahat, uh, the heart chakra. Mm, Yes. And the element associated with this is air, which is so easy to remember and makes sense because your lungs and, you know, that area of the body is where you inhale and, and take in prana, right? And life force. So the color for this one is green and the dosha uh, correspondence, of course, is vata, right? Which is also air and ether. And unsurprisingly, this is all about love, right? And relationships. Mm -hmm. And I also think of this like, yeah. And it was great how you said like with root chakra, it also has to do with your legs, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, in addition to forward folds, like great things for root chakra would be like standing yoga poses, like warrior Mm -hmm. two lunges, really feeling connected and rooted and grounded through the feet. Mm -hmm. So similar with Anahat, it extends through the arms and hands as well, which makes perfect sense, right? Like if I were to give you a hug, which I wish I could do, but Mm -hmm. through the internet, but right, that makes sense. I'm like wrapping my arms around you. That's still part of this energy center. And a lot of, um, Kundalini Kriyas that I'm, that I do, I'm really into the Kundalini practice right now, they have your arms up above your head for long periods of times, or some of your listeners may be able to visualize that like ego eradicator pose. Mm-hmm. Do you know that one? Where people yeah, are, like, I do. Doing breath of fire with their arms over their head. And that's because it's stimulating all these thousands of not naughties, um, energetic pathways and channels in the underarms that lead into the heart. So a lot of times when it's like, why are we doing all this crazy stuff with our arms or holding our arms above our head? Well, that's actually to activate the heart chakra. Um, so when we think of Anahat, it's not just about our relationships with other people, which is what you might think of when, you know, in the context of like giving someone a hug, yes, this governs, um, our relationships, but it's also about self-love and it's about service. It's about compassion as well. Mm, So these are all elements that you want to think of with the heart chakra, as well as a little bit, like, do you have an abundance 
mindset (laughs) or Mm. are you sort of like shut down? And you can even think of this as like, you know, those people who walk into a room and like, they just have a great posture and they're just like emanating from their heart and you Mm want to hear what they have to say. And then there's like the other person in the room who's like sitting on the sofa, their arms are literally crossed in front of their body. They're Mm -hmm. slouching, you know, um, kind of rounded in their thoracic spine, like their heart is collapsed. So again, I'm just trying to give like practical examples of how you see these energies physically manifest in people around you. Like we're not just talking about in yoga class. This is everywhere all the time. Yeah, brilliant. So that person on the couch, for example, say, you know, that was their kind of go-to energy that they're moving around with. If I was that person, would you recommend that I just get, I do more movements that um, get me into my heart and, and emotional affirmations and backbends, backbends and how many aspects, obviously we have the physical aspects. You're talking a lot about movement, getting energy moving through the, all of the portholes to get them all activated is the other one. And you also spoke about balance. So what else can we do to balance and strengthen the chakras that we may need to kind of up the game in? Yeah. Great question. So they could do back bends, like she said, um, they could chant, right. Uh, think they could visualize green. They could wear more green. Mm. They could, um, get chant. into nature, look at green. Yeah. Get into nature, look at green. They could, um, chant yum. They could write affirmations around the heart. Like my heart is open. My heart is full. Um, things like that. They could visualize the yantra when they Mm -hmm. meditate. And then, you know, don't ask me to go too deep into this because there's people who are really experts in this, but you know, gemstones, crystals, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's certain gemstone correspondence. Um, Again, I'm not an expert in the food piece. I mean, with food, I always start thinking more about Ayurveda, which Mm -hmm. is the medicinal system um, from Vedic times. So, you know, I would think... um, Maybe eat lots of red apples or strawberries. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm sure there are foods that are associated with heart health or with like, you know... Uh, organ health, like um, sexual organs. I'm sure there are types of foods that naturally stimulate or nourish specific parts in our body. So if you were really into it, I'm sure you could research a specific diet to activate the heart chakra if you needed to. Yeah, definitely. And if people wanted to get really into it, it's like everything. There's essential oils that, you know, pair particularly well with certain Mm. um, chakras. I don't have them memorized, but I do have like a PDF that people can can get that shares all those. And I I can share that at the end too. Brilliant. Very cool. Okay. So we're at the heart chakra. What's next? All right. So then we travel up and then this one, I find people like just aren't that interested in because it's not that sexy, the throat chakra, but it's actually one of my favorites. It's everything. It's It's everything everything to me. Glad to hear you say that. Yeah. Um, So it's Visuddha and the color is blue. The element here is space. And unsurprisingly, it's all about communication. And again, some, you know, you might most immediately think, okay, it's about how I talk and relate to others. But I agree encourage my students to think of it's also how you talk and relate to yourself. What is your self-talk? What are you saying internally um, to yourself as you move through your day? So remember, we all want to step into that witness mindset as much as we can. Um, So the, the, it's all about sound. The organ is the vocal cords, right? That's actually the physical place where it lives. Um, here I think of like, you know, the friend who won't stop talking, right? Every, every friend group has like the gossip queen person, right? Who's just always chatting. And, you know, I think of also Popeye's I'm dating myself, but you know, Popeye's wife, olive oil, how she runs around with her head, like way forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, so that would be like throat chakra in excess, Mm -hmm. right? So when we're kind of talking too much, saying too much, or not saying um, enough, well, that's, I'm sure there are blockages. Yeah. So someone who's not saying enough, again, I'm thinking more of that person who's maybe slumped in the corner, that person Mm -hmm. who has their chin into their chest. Oh my God, they're that's afraid right to speak now. up. Like yeah, yeah Jenna's got some up, very use their voice. Maybe they have um, stage fright, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, it's actually, you know, they have like physical fear of using their voice out loud. Again, another big concept that just to make it practical is saying no. If Mm -hmm. your throat chakra is in balance, you should have a really easy time saying yes and no to different friends and 
career opportunities with grace. But if there's an imbalance here, you might find yourself saying yes all the time when actually internally you mean no. So that would be a key sign that this energy center is out of balance for you. Hmm, Fascinating. That's so interesting. Because Jenna, you've had issues with your throat chakra for a long time. Yeah, I definitely have a blockage there and it's a deficiency blockage and it's around fear of speaking my truth, basically. That's but. And not just that, it's manifests as physical symptoms oh, yeah. of cysts many times, and many different types of physical symptoms. And when you get sick, do you get a swollen throat? Totally. Initially? Only, I only, yeah. I never get like sick in my stomach. I, it's always like a head cold. In the throat. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah, sometimes people lose their voice. Um, like I have a friend who like anytime she gets sick, she loses her voice very easily. Um, TMJ, right. Yep, where the and it blocks up is another yeah, one that I see a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you ever get a stiff neck? Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, so I associate a little bit the whole cervical spine, um, you know, and different scholars might disagree, but, um, the, the cervical spine, meaning like your, your neck, that's the, like, that is part of this energy center, right? Like if you take your hand to your neck, that's the back of the front of where your throat is. Right. That's it. So wow. yeah. Oh, that feels good. Jenna's giving me a little neck massage. (laughs) (laughs) I know she's seeing me like bending forward, being Popeye's wife, and I'm getting a bit of a pullback on her. It's great. (laughs) Wow, fascinating. Um, Okay. And can I ask you, Brett, I've always felt like my hands and arms are actually part of my throat chakra because we can communicate with our hands too, and they kind of like start at the neck. Can you speak to that at all? Interesting. So I've always been uh, more taught that they were part of the heart, mm-hmm. but you know, Hey, it's all interconnected. And it's it not could like be can, an overlap thing. You know, it could be like both. It maybe. definitely could be both. Cause I agree. Like when we talk, we express, we move our mm-hmm. hands a lot. I and do that a ton. When we write yeah. and when we type that's expression as well. And that's all with our hands. Yeah, no, I love that. I do. I think, you know, I think a lot of people when they really want to understand something and it's so natural, we go to like the reductionist mindset of being like, where's the cutoff point mm-hmm. of like exactly where this exists. And it's funny cause I see that in so many of my teacher trainees. Um, and it's, it's such a great impulse cause it's like, they really want to learn and know and understand, but what yeah. we need to ultimately accept is like, this is, a this spectrum. is ancient wisdom and it is totally, yes, it is a spectrum. It is a map, but it is not um, the ego is so, so obsessive, yeah, trying to get um, specific facts on things. And that's like the it? mental, that's the mind's linear intelligence versus the heart's intelligence mm-hmm. of just... The spontaneity of energy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I always just tell students, like, what's your direct experience, right? And it's like, it sounds like if you're having a direct experience of feeling that the hands are really connected to the throat, like that's true for you, right? It's not, these naughties, these energy pathways, I mean, they're, they're complex. There's thousands of them. So, I mean, it's, it's nuanced and it's going to manifest a little bit differently in every single individual. So. Totally. Good point. Awesome. Um, and so we have one more chakra left, no, right? Two. Two. We have two. Can you believe oh it? Oh my gosh. It's amazing. So, so the, the sixth one is Ajna, the third eye chakra, which I think is, it's like the, the starlet of the chakras <laughs> because it's the one that most people, I feel like people are the most familiar with, right? They've maybe heard of the third eye or the space between and above your eyebrows. I want to get really clear on the location of this one because I think a lot of times people think it's the center of the forehead, or you may have seen the little bindi dot that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the Hindu tradition, some women wear, um, it's actually where Between the, the eyebrows, right? Yeah. Yes. It's, but it's a couple inches back from that. So it's where, if you the want to close your eyes and visualize, it's exactly, it's actually the pituitary, but mm. the pineal is also associated. Um, it's where the root of your nose meets the skull bone. That's that it. is my favorite descriptor because when you visualize that, you're like, Oh, it is like just above and between my eyebrows, but it's back. It's, it's yeah, you know, inward. in the center, not, it's not even in the center. It's just like back a bit. Mm, how um, many inches do you think it's like an inch or two back from the center of your eyebrow into your, into your skull? Yeah, an inch might be, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I'd say an inch or two and it's the pituitary, right? So and that's you where look, your intuition lives, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, exactly. So this is the one that's kind of a little bit famous because it's, it's all about intuition and, uh, clairvoyance, right. Being able to see into the future. Um, it's or the, uh, past. I mean, the, the, the very big thing to take away about this energy center is that the element that's associated is the command center of the elements. And it's also the 
the commander, if it makes sense, of all the other chakras. The pituitary is the master gland in the body, meaning that um, well, when controls the, pituitary the hormones, it controls the whole system, right? So just like that happens physically, it's the same thing energetically. Um, if you have something going on, an excess or deficiency in your sixth chakra, it's going to affect all the other chakras, right? It's going to affect everything that comes below. So for example, I'm going to try to think of a practical example. Yeah. Here. I, I, I mean, I can think of a practical example where that's like a good energetic analysis of its function. I know that the pituitary gland, if that's out, it's not going to talk, it's not going to send signals to the thyroid, which isn't going to send signals to, you know, that disrupts Digestion. Yeah, well, the hormones, which disrupts everything in your system. So as you said, the master commander is in control of everything, really, on yeah, a physical, spiritual up, level. Yeah, so let me offer up a spiritual example to correspond with the physical, which you gave, which was perfect, right. which is like, say I've had my heart broken, right? And I'm now... Um, like my, my heart is broken. I'm so devastated, you know, ended a relationship or something. So there's a deficiency in the heart chakra. What's going to happen is that what can likely happen is based on that experience, I'm going to start seeing all men as potential heartbreakers. And I might say things like, Oh, well, there's no good men out there. Right. Like, like I'm never going to get married. Like he's probably a player. And because Ajna is our intuition, but it's also our perception. It's how we see the world. So all of a sudden the way that, um, that, that experience, that past experience is now coloring how I see all men for example. So you're right? saying that if you have damage in, like if you have trauma in a specific a chakra, that can create a negative trauma, imprint. Yes. Just trauma in general, right? So it it's trauma in a specific chakra or just trauma in general, right? Yeah. Your it can whole past perception and all your future fears are affecting Ajna. So another way I like to describe or have students think of Ajna is like sunglasses. Uh-huh. If you put on rose colored glasses, uh-huh. right, you're seeing like oh, you know, this guy's amazing. I'm not coming into this date, like thinking of <laughs> the 15 guys who dumped me, right? I'm just going to be present, not in the future and not in the past and see who this person is right now, right? With no judgment, with no, um, yeah, like past conditioning or worrying about the future and planning our wedding during the date, like affecting me, right? I'm just going to be fully present. And that would be Ajna imbalance. But unfortunately we all kind of have these glasses that, um, I call them rose colors. So those would be like clear glasses, right? Like the windshield wiper is clear, but unfortunately that's not how most of us lead our life. We have like slightly tinted, uh, glasses based on, yeah, what went on in our childhood, what, how we talk to ourselves, what our fears are, um, of the future, what happened in our past, right? Uh, all these vritti, like mind chatter happening all the time that again is trying to protect us from like getting hurt again or trying to save us from getting hurt in, in the future, you know, whatever. Uh, but it all makes it such that we are not present. So Ajna is really about, I think, um, how, how can we be fully present and not a slave of our past conditioning and not, uh, worrying and jumping into the future. But how can I just be in this moment now with whoever's in front of me showing up with, uh, my true self, right? Yeah. That's really interesting. It's actually, it's a beautiful way to, um, manage your trauma and know how to holistically heal an issue. Like if I had a, a, you know, a specific trauma that I'm trying to let go of, I could see what chakra it's associated with and be doing movements for that chakra and be doing affirmations and nourishing that chakra to help um, dissolve that particular trauma. And also witnessing from compassionate witness standpoint, how that trauma has affected your perception of the world and trying to unwind that from, from the, from the witness perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very much about your perception. And when I teach, um, I I just taught this, excuse me, this Kundalini masterclass that was uh, based on the chakras and the chakra we focused on for the whole uh, long weekend was Ajna because no matter what's going on with anyone who shows up to a workshop or an intensive like that with me, it's like some people might, you know, have some heart chakra stuff going on. Some people might need more grounding. Like there's all these chakras, but everyone needs to balance Ajna, right? Because it's the command center of, of, 
all the all the energy in the body, right? Mm. So if we can balance that, it's really kind of a gateway to broadening our perspective. Um, cause you know, I could talk for like hours about Ajna, but a- another way to think of this is like when you are really thinking short term, like <laughs> thinking short term, you're like, I know I'll feel really good if I just wait and have like a really healthy spinach and quinoa dinner later tonight. And then they'll like feel great tomorrow morning and I'll get up and do my yoga practice. But I really just want to eat this cookie right now. Right? Like that's short term thinking. And so what happens is we usually have <laughs> our Ajna can be wired to like go after the short term gratification. Another example of that would be like skipping your yoga practice, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know if I do my morning daily practice, I'll feel great. And my energy will be set up for the day. And I know if I do my 15 minute meditation or my Kriya or whatever, uh, my energy will be fantastic for the rest of the day, but it's so cold. I don't want to get out of my bed, right? Like it's freezing. I'd rather sleep an extra 15 minutes. That's like, again, your Ajna is wired towards the short-term gratification instead of the long-term benefit. So a lot of times when you think of balancing Ajna or like what I like to talk about is it's stepping into this broader, longer term thinking where you're like, okay, my mind chatter and my routines and, you know, that want to sort of run the show are telling me that I should stay in bed or that I should eat the cookie. But my, my perception and my command, right. Of myself and, you know, uh, my circumstances and all the elements involved is strong enough that I'm actually going to, you know, do what I know is good for me long term. And eventually what happens is if you keep working with Ajna and, you know, all the chakras is that, that, that willpower gets stronger and stronger until eventually you subconsciously without even having to try that hard, start associating more with the long-term benefit than the short term. And that manifests in like, you don't crave unhealthy food anymore. Right. Or you feel worse when you, um, somehow like accidentally skip your yoga practice. And it's like, it's harder to not do it than to do it. Right. Mm. You're like telling everyone, even when you're traveling, you're like, Hey, I have to put my practice in kind of thing. So I don't know, maybe that was, um, so, <laughs> a tangent, yeah, but no, I wanted to share that because I great. think it, yeah. So yeah. how, well, what are some very simple strategies to strengthen or balance to strengthen and balance the Ashna? Like besides oh meditation is an obvious one, but what else would that be? Well, meditation, chanting Om, right. Mm-hmm very simple, uh, rolling your gaze up and in towards your third eye center to stimulate the pituitary, pressing your tongue up to the upper palate of the mouth again, to put pressure on the pituitary and cause it to secrete. I'm doing all of these Um, things right now. This is all Kundalini (laughs) yoga, by the way, anyone who's interested in this, go to a Kundalini yoga class and it's, it's, you know, woven through the entire career usually, isn't it? It is. But if you don't want to do Kundalini yoga, I mean, that's okay too. Like for example, just doing alternate nostril breathing, which is just a universally wonderful pranayama technique is incredible for balancing Ajna. Right, doing it right now. Jen is a good student. She's I'm just, just doing I'm her homework instantly. I'm doing it all at once. Yeah. And then like more, let's just get simple, right? Like physically, I mean, maybe doing child's pose with a block under your head, you know, any pose where you can put some light pressure, like actual pressure on your third eye center, Mm -hmm. even if it's, you know, just the forehead space Mm -hmm. is, is going to be good and helpful. So a lot of times I'll do, if I'm teaching a Ajna focused class, right, we'll do pain pigeon with a block under the forehead or, you know, we'll put a block under the forehead and down dog and hold there. I think some of those inverted postures especially really help draw the energy up into that area. Mm. Um, when so I'm stressed, all- I find myself like naturally massaging that area in between my eyebrows. It's mm-hmm. a very kind of intuitive spot. I just go to and start um, massaging it and I instantly start to just feel more relaxed and yeah, connected. I, I carry a lot of pressure tension there as well. Hmm. Interesting. So let's talk about the last one, Sahasrara, which is the crown chakra. And the color of that one is pure white. And sorry, for Ajna, if we didn't say the color, it's like an indigo violet color. Beautiful. Um, So Sahasrara uh, 
some, oh, so actually, so again, Texberry, pure white, it also can be seen as violet. violet. So it's mm-hmm. like a different color. Uh, it's like a slightly different hue than Ajna. And uh, this one's represented by the thousand petaled lotus flower. Um, this one's, I've been taught more associated with the pineal gland, although the pineal and the pituitary work as a team. Uh, there's not really an elemental correspondence. It's like beyond the elements because mm-hmm. this one's all about connecting to source energy. Yep. Um, it's about con- it's about connecting to Brahman, which is like the universal energy from which we all came. So it's the sense of enlightenment. So if anyone listening has ever felt really kind of like high in their meditation practice and just like so connected and like, oh, I could just sit and meditate for like 20 minutes. I just feel incredible and I feel love and I feel like I'm connected to, you know, that the, that the, that the universe makes sense somehow. Like I'm here for a reason. Things are the way they are right now for a reason, even if they're difficult, like those kinds of feelings are what I associate with the crown chakra. And it's why so many of us come to yoga and meditation. It's for that feeling, that feeling that we're all interconnected, that feeling that we're not alone. So that that's Sahasrara. Wow. Beautiful. Far out. Okay. So I have a question now that we've gone through all of them and I can visualize them and I know kind of where they are and what they're connected to. Can I ask you going way back to when we come into this world, uh, well into this lifetime, you mean when we're birthed, when we are born, (laughs) um, are we born with, is every human that comes into this life born with clean kind of connected, um, thriving chakras or can you come in having inherited um, off-balanced chakras like what is the kind That's of different. deal <laughs> yeah so great question and before I answer it I realize I just want to share with listeners that the Sahasrara crown chakra is the top fontanelle uh, I don't think I said the location for it so just think mm. of it as the very top fontanelle of your head although sometimes it's also depicted above your head like actually mm-hmm. kind of like the space of about like a halo. Um, so, so to answer your question, which is a really nuanced question, it's like one I haven't, haven't gotten before. Um, we're all born based on my understanding of the Vedas. We're all born into this world with karma, right? So we have sort of this energetic blueprint that we inherit that we need to work out on this plane of consciousness when we're born. And then we can move through that karma gracefully and quickly. And again, with, with beauty, ease and grace, or we can like move through it, hitting our head against a wall and as slow as possible and potentially not move it through it like at all and carry it on into the next, um, you know, incarnation of however and wherever we show up. My understanding of the chakras, however, is not so much that you in like, I feel like the, the karmic blueprint you inherit could affect the programs. Cause another way you can think of the chakras is sort of like computer programs or operating systems. Mm-hmm. So sort of like when I was talking about my Manipura chakra, my operating system in Manipura is just like, go, 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 go. Like the operating system is just like work till you drop, like very hardcore, right? Um, someone's like default operating system for the heart chakra might be like, he's going to hurt, he's going to hurt me. He's going to break my heart. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like our, um, instinctual, uh, programming. Yeah. Or habitual behavior around something, but I don't feel like, so I feel like your karma could affect that, but how the chakras develop is really cool. Cause it's actually, you develop each chakra as you grow up. Oh, so, yeah. So it's really cool. So Muladhara is associated with the first year of life. So huh. being in the womb, literally till you're around one year old. Um, and it's very much about your physical identity, obviously, like your physical identity is literally forming inside mm-hmm. your mother. And then, you know, I, well, I have a one-year-old baby, so I've literally just witnessed it, but they grow like crazy, right? It's like very much all about the physical, like they need to breastfeed all the time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like the growing. Time. Like he's, he's so big. I just can't even believe it. Like we were looking at his newborn pictures the other day. So anyway, that's, um, Muladhara. And then Svadhisthana is more associated with six months to two years old. And that's more developing the emotional body, right? Remember we talked about Svadhisthana being about the desire and creativity and emotions, right? Um, so emotions reside in Svadhisthana, if I did not, uh, say that clearly. Um, so that's kind of six months to two years. And then it's also when, um, children kind of start to speak, 
right? Mm, and wow. express themselves. Um, so then Manipura is around like 18 months to four years old, or you can also think of it as like the terrible twos and threes. Cause it's all about ego. Right. And like exercising your, your willpower. willpower. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm in that right now with a two year old. Yeah. My so you know that you know that super well, right? So I, I've talked about many as like kind of ambition and a, a lot through the episode, but people should really understand it's also just about willpower, right? It's like when I said, like, do you get out of bed in the morning or do you sleep in, right? Like that's many Pura, that's willpower, right? Sometimes we don't feel like writing that uncomfortable email or, you know, submitting a scary business proposal to someone and you procrastinate, right? If you're a huge procrastinator, guess what? Your many Pura is deficient, right? You have third chakra deficiency. Um, but yeah, it's also associated with like, yeah, that ego and saying like, Hey, I have willpower. This is what I want to do. So yeah, it's associated with that developmental, um, stage. And then Anahat, uh, is three to seven years old, which is, you know, it makes so much sense because Anahat is love and relationships. And it's really three to seven year olds that kind of finally can play together. Um, I've, I've been told that like, you know, when kids are younger than three or younger than two and a half, even if they're together, they're doing what's called parallel play. Um, sorry, parallel play. They're not, they're not like really playing together yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's in that next developmental stage that Anahat emerges three to three to seven years old. And then, um, Visuda is seven to 12 years old, right. Which is, you know, more talking and creative and, um, that kind of thing. And then, uh, adolescence is when Ajna comes into full form and wow. then, um, adulthood is really, you know, what the seventh chakra is associated with. And it's our opportunity to get in touch with the universal. So what's interesting too, is you could think like if you had a trauma, say in the womb, or you had a trauma when you were three to seven years old, right? Like that could also like when your Anahat's chakra, your heart chakra was forming, right? That could have an impact on your whole life. Does that mm. make sense? Oh yeah, totally. completely. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like you can get indents in your energy systems at any point in your life which could you know be passed on I mean I was just wondering if they could be passed on to the children do you know what I mean like if I'm if I have a a problem with trusting men and there's some type of like blockage in my heart chakra and then I get pregnant with my child unless I move through and heal that blockage in my heart chakra could my child inherit that wounding. Well, you could form the heart chakra around that wounding instead of basically, even if you have that wounding and you're mindful about it and you're mindful about not passing it on, I think that he could avoid that. Do you know what I mean? But if you're not mindful about it, then he would naturally reflect it because he would have had that imposed upon him. Mm Mm-hmm. Nature, yeah, nature. My, my perspective on this, if it's helpful, would be like, I don't think of it so much as like they're inheriting it in your womb. Like they're coming into this life with their own karma. But if they're around you as they're growing up and you're constant and they're constantly saying things like they'll be reflecting you know, your men, men are awful or like your dad yeah. still hasn't paid child support, <laughs> like you know, like, yeah. just com- you know, the, all those subconscious things. I mean, my parents, oh my gosh, like when you think about the things you heard as a kid, you're just like, ah. Um, so, so that, that energy would definitely affect the form, the, how your child's chakras were forming. Got it. Got it. I, wow, I love how the chakras are just associated with colors and sounds and shapes and ages of life. It's like these universal, um, progressions and cycles, um, reflected in this system, which is just absolutely fascinating. So fascinating. Well, Thank you so Brett, much. You know, Brett. we are actually running out of time if you could believe it. Cause just so much amazing information that like time has actually passed. Um, <laughs> uh, so just to, as our last question, before we give an invitation to our audience, is there anything else that you could give us as a tip or trick for our listeners to keep all your chakras healthy and flowing? Hmm. Well, I don't know if they'll love this tip, but I'd say to have a self-awareness practice, whether it's meditation or yoga, I think the yoga asana practice is amazing, but remember it was really designed as a precursor to meditation. So try to have a meditation practice. And if for, for you, that might simply look like, you know, maybe Shavasana right now, maybe spending extra time in Shavasana. And then I'd also encourage listeners to pay attention to intuitively in the body, like where you're tight and start to get curious 
curious about that. And the simplest chakra healing technique, it's like so simple, it's stupid, is that you can literally just put your hands on these different energy centers when you're lying down in bed before you fall asleep or in Shavasana or in meditation. So if you feel like there's an imbalance, you know, excess or deficiency in your, you know, solar plexus chakra, like place your hands just below your navel and breathe and visualize the color yellow mm-hmm. and, you know, try to come into uh, an awareness of that area. So Great it's advice. really simple. Yeah. And I have a free, free video on YouTube that people can find if they just search like Brett chakra balancing meditation and Perfect. you just do it lying down. So we'll that's link like it. something very we'll, easy people can do. We will link that into our show notes so that our listeners can find that. And this is also a great opportunity, Brett, tell our audience where they can get hold of you, your Instagram, your website, the courses, what you're up to. Please share with us how our audience can get in touch with you learn more about this. Thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. Well, for this particular focus or this episode, if people enjoyed this and they really want to deep dive into each of the chakras, I would really suggest that they do my chakra challenge, which is like just a fun, silly name, but, um, it's a really amazing, uh, series of videos. So it's an asana class, a meditation, and then a podcast on each chakra, which I think is how you originally got connected with me and, and, you know, we're, we're interested in talking about this. Yeah, exactly. So people, yeah. So if people want to do that whole series, um, and you can do it for free for seven days, you go to brettlarkin.com forward slash chakra or chakra. It's very simple. Awesome. Um, so I would definitely encourage them to check out that link. And then of course they can find me on my website. Instagram is at Larkin yoga TV. And I run this really amazing online teacher training course. We have, Oh my gosh, now over hundreds, hundreds of graduates. Um, people take it all over the world. It's amazing for mothers with kids. It's highly interactive. Most of the online teacher trainings for yoga that exist right now, you just kind of like watch videos and it's no real interaction. And I run my program live three times a year. So you actually move through it live with me and classmates from all around the world. So not only are you watching videos, but you're also practice teaching and coming live with me and the rest of the group. Um, um, three times a week, up to three times a week if you want. It's just so intimate. So again, uh, details about that, they can easily find it on my website. And if you already are a yoga teacher, you're someone who's already done a 200-hour teacher training, you can take the whole online course for a reduced rate um, as what we call a bridge student, which is means you're taking it like for continuing education credit. And we give you a huge discount because so many students come to me and they just tell me they were disappointed by the scope or their curriculum of their first 200-hour. They feel like it wasn't enough. So uh, I like to make that available to people who are already teaching. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to. All good stuff. Amazing. Thank you so much, Brett, for being with us today. That was just, you're just a wealth of information. Yeah, you really are. Yes, that's incredible. I love your guys' show. It was wonderful having you on my show. So let's just stay connected. Yeah, I would love that. And and we have an invitation for our listeners because we love to offer a challenge or an invitation for them to integrate the type of information we've learned today in their own lives. Um, so Jenna, do you want to offer the invitation out? So for our listeners, find which one of your chakras is out of alignment, either deficient or in excess, and get down to the spiritual, emotional root of this problem. Change one habit in your life to support new energy patterns. And please share and leave a review if you like this episode. And we are sending you love and light for the rest of your week. Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brett. And thank you, everyone, who joined today's episode. And we're excited to have you with us next week. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com, for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.